I thought he was waiting the whole season until uh, his Turkish star boy would finally get some minutes. I think he got some minutes yesterday. Hit the free kick and hit the post. To be fair, he played well, and that's, of course, just the first minutes and whatever. But I'm already seeing all the Madrid fans making uh, compilations and posts about and praising him as the next Azil or anything like that. Because of (laughs) some few minutes against a fourth-tier team in Spain, but... Oh, so I'm, I'm expecting him to reappear soon as soon as uh, Arda Guler starts scoring or doing something for Madrid. Oh, oh yeah, the first goal that goes in, we're not going to hear the last of it for hours. <laughs> hours, hours, hours. But Yeah, welcome back, guys. Sorry, I wanted to really bring you into the conversation from the get-go, as you can tell already from the voice, for those who recognize uh, obviously, it's Roberto here, and I'm joined today by one of the fan favorites, I would say, of this this podcast, this channel. Uh, good to have you back, Ibuka. How's it going? Uh, thank you for having me. It's going well. It's going well. And I'm happy to be back for all my fans out there. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, we were just talking about his partner in crime, Ibo, who has been missing recently. Both of them have been missing, to be fair. We've been busy on this channel. We've shifted a little with the introduction of Away Days. That's why I was keen on bringing Ibuka finally. But Ibuka wanted to say that he would only join once KDB was back. So that's why we got him on. <laughs> exactly. KDB came back today. Uh, I remember when he's getting subbed in. I just finished watching the game and I got some goosebumps. And I was like, this game should not be giving me this much emotion. This man, a bald man named Pep Guardiola and a Belgian man named Kevin De Bruyne bring too much emotion to me. Speaking reverse of bald or whatever, KDB looks like what? Longer hair, longer beard. He looks like more mature. Did you get the color yeah. of his arm, man? Yeah, he, he uh, grew out his hair a little bit. He's got like a flow going or something. Nice beard. I don't know. He's looking. He's got that aura about him. You know, the four-letter word. <laughs> How did he? How did he look today? Of course, it's just the first few minutes. Yeah, it was the first game against Huddersfield. He had one assist. Like his movement was good. He had a couple good movements. Um, he came on like fifty-six minute and looked. You know, it was like a slower game, so I couldn't assess fitness or anything. But it was at least it's good to see him on the field, which has he went down in August. So and he's been nursing an injury for like a year. So it's nice that he's fully healed. Hopefully. Obviously, you can tell, I think, from this, what is Ibuka's favorite team. Uh, we have, the same way we've done it with Taha and Jack last episode, because with this new Away Days introduction and a lot of new guys coming in, uh, we have to reintroduce our folks who have been here, so even the OGs like you, Ibo, and so on. So Ibuka, I think they got an idea of what's your favorite team. But go on as well with your favorite player, uh, jersey number. Yes, yes. My favorite team is Manchester City Football Club. Um, favorite player? Are we talking about like all time, past, present, or my favorite Manchester player is definitely Kun Aguero. Uh, right now is Kevin De Bruyne. Um, Foden's a close second behind Kevin De Bruyne. I usually like like the midfielders, you know, etc. But Aguero is just there was too many emotions when he came. Yaya Toure is also on there. My favorite number for me is like twenty one. Um, 
David Silva was 21. So maybe David Silva is also one of my favorites. Is it not for the glorious Paolo Dybala? Paolo Dybala, indeed. Um, I wish we had gotten Kaka because he wore 21, I think, right? Uh, he was 22. 22. Uh, uh, okay, uh, Pirlo would be locked on the 21 and wouldn't leave it off to anyone. Yeah. I heard that the director offered like a crazy amount of money and they thought about it for yeah, a little bit. They were ready. It's Kaka who was like, I don't want to join this team because we were still yeah. building. We were still brand new. Oh, eight. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know. That would have been crazy and then he's the one that that handed us the club world cup like last month so full circle he's the one that handed the trophy to man city full circle full circle moment there does that mean i'm pretty certain that you guys are definitely going to participate in the club world cup next year in the u.s yeah i think we've qualified for sure yeah yeah i know it's like the recent champion and so on so that's yeah. I don't even know where they're hosting it. You're definitely. Are you gonna try to go see that? I'm gonna try to go to see that. I'm gonna try to go to see the World Cup when it's in America. Mm-hmm. It's so there's so many things in the next like two three years in America in terms of like soccer and football. I, football. I mean, that's a perfect segue and and plug into away days and what we're doing. Remind <laughs> yeah. every time. It's like that's how it came up between me and Nick. Like he used to listen to our episodes and we've met before in Chicago. And it was literally like realizing there's so much movement similar to how, in a way, we weren't alive. But in 1994, from the U.S. World Cup, the MLS then started. There was some sort of first movement, but this was like 30 years ago. Now, with all the technological development and everything, how much more movement there is with the MLS growth, with Messi, and just everything the U.S. is trying to host. They're realizing the power that is in football and it's gonna keep growing so it's good for you good for me i guess as soon as i make it over there again soon and definitely most of it. oh yeah and i think you are going to be close to the world cup by being in new york because they're playing some of the games like right outside the city how do you feel about chicago not getting i was so bummed i'm like like not only is there a stadium that could be fit for like world cup games but there's also a city and like the tourists you'd get, uh, but like places like Kansas got a game, like Kansas, what the, you know? Uh, it's odd. Too. Yeah. Uh, I know you've mentioned this before, Ibuka, and I remember some of this mm-hmm. because it's pretty interesting, but obviously the people who are still listening will definitely be wondering, oh, how did Man City happen? When did you start? Was it when they won the treble? And of course it's not. Yeah, how I started becoming a Man City fan was... Um, uh, so I moved to America t- to September 5th, 2005. Um, and that was when I started initially watching like games more regularly. And the first game, one of the first games that I was watching was a man. I don't remember the specific game, but I like to pick the underdogs in the games. Um, and Man City was playing. Uh, I don't know, but they were the underdog and I chose Man City. Um that's sort of how it happened. Um, and then started supporting them then. 2005, um, my idols were like, man, David James, I think, was goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. Like people like um, Danny Mills, uh, Darius w- Vassal. Yeah, yeah. Um, was uh, Stephen Ireland already around? Or was it Stephen Ireland, yeah. Joey Barton. 
course. Uh, Trevor Sinclair. I remember Trevor Sinclair. So it's like a whole bunch of like these semi-English, ah, you know, okay people. Then my first, uni- I remember my first, the first game that I remember watching was United versus City. I think City were away. And it was like September, like first or second week of September. I've just been in America for like a week or something. Mm. Um, Van Bass, Van Nistelrooy scored off of like, I still remember the goal because I think maybe Rooney took a shot outside the box. The goalie saves it. It bounces off the city player. And then Van Nistelrooy is there for the putback. And then the goal came from like Darius Vassal. And it was a 1-1 draw. Um September 2005, somewhere. So that was like one of the first derbies I remember. And like, I was like, oh, fuck Man United. That's when my Man United hate started, really. Good. Um, and then going on from there, I remember we played Liverpool. I think we lost to Liverpool like a week or two later as well. Um, but yeah. And then ever since then, I just stuck around. And it was kind of tough sometimes because I didn't understand. Like, I never thought. City were going to win anything, to be honest, yeah. for a while. Then 2008, this guy, Mansoor, who I'd never heard of in my life, buys the team. I'm like, oh, okay, nice. Um, we used to be owned by a politician from Taiwan, I believe. And then what happened? Some new signings came in. Uh, mm, ooh, Aguero came in in 2011, mm. no, 10. Etc. And things just have been good for a while. And I think this is like the Manchester City era of football before it was Man United, you know. Yeah. But this Man City and long may it continue. Oh, definitely. I mean, there's always the argument of coming against you guys for all the money spent and whatever. The reality is everyone's adapting and spending just as much, if not even more. But how you guys are spending it that's making a difference in terms of making yeah. an impact. Yeah. Uh, when he when Mentor came, I liked that he built uh, an academy right away. Like He built an academy, built a new stadium, and then the business people in the boardroom and the recruitment staff have been like, they go nine for ten in the recruitment, you know? Mm-hmm. For every ten players they buy, they have one flop. Yeah. But, you know, and then it's just like, They'll buy this player. You're like, I've never heard of Ruben Diaz before. And then you're like, oh, shit, this is an incredible world-class center back, you know, kind of deal. And they've just been doing it for a decade. And and then if you look across the pond, you know, or across the street at Man, at Man United, you're seeing they're buying like four or five players for 70 million. And like all of them don't fit the way they play. It also helps that we have maybe the greatest manager of all time in an extended period of time to also have one concise plan and the ship is going in one direction, you know? Yeah. The whole so, truly blessed. Of the manager with your directors of football, all the big parties involved is like, that was the big first milestone that then allowed you to develop all of this around that. It's there. You, you brains, they're, they're all on it. They're all united on this. Yeah, hundred percent. That was huge. Um, and whenever Pep does decide to go, it's going to be like whoever steps in to replace him. Like, can you expect that person to, you know, win a treble, win a trophy every year? Like, keep the same consistency? I don't know. 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to think about that day, but every yeah. now and then I'll be like, even if the second best manager comes, like I can't fault you <laughs> or hold you to that standard of greatness because it's hard what he's doing right now. Yeah, I know you were telling it's not me normal. you're wondering about when will it happen like, that that moment that Pat moves away, like how are you gonna have to cope? That's gonna be the first real big challenge for City in years. That yes. maybe KDB now aging. You start to see how yeah. less invincible you guys are, but still yes, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Like KDB was out for four months, and like it was like thankfully we stayed close to the top. But you could see like a lot of these games, you're like, oh, K- KDB makes this pass, has three assists here, mm-hmm. but. To find that player is going to be so hard because you need someone who can see, who, who who can pass, who can run, who can turn in the midfield, who just has that presence, can shoot with with both feet, can provide goals. It's, fuck, they don't make that player nowadays. I don't know. No, I mean, to find an exact replacement of him would be, I think, very, very hard. I'm sure, though, yeah. through his position or just other ideas, that's where really you see, like, you'll be able to find a solution to that through the numbers, through other solutions. That's what we've been for months. It's like any other team loses someone so critical, so crucial as KDB, uh, they would be really feeling it. And your version of feeling it is not being first by five, 10 points is (laughs) in the title race or whatever. Uh, Yeah. Spoiled, man. Spoiled, I know. <laughs> no. You definitely have plenty of options, but that's just more merit than credit to, to what team the whole organization has been doing. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't remember. You have mentioned it to me. You were able to see them a few times, like uh, maybe in, in the summer ones, and you're yeah. go see them sooner or later. Oh, yeah. I've seen the most recent time I saw them was um, in America, in Milwaukee. Holland's first game uh, recorded the goal. <laughs> and that was, we took a road trip up there. It was a great game. And then before that, I went to see, I've seen him once at the Etihad against uh, Southampton. Okay. I've seen him twice against Southampton, which is annoying. Um, and then I also saw them at uh, Southampton Stadium. I can't remember the name right now. St. Saint Mary's Park. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and an FA Cup. I think it was 4-1. That was 2021, 2022, March. Uh, That was a good game as well. Um, Yeah. I have also seen like Interplay versus Bayern Munich, Champions League, September 2022. Um, I think I've only seen those four games in person. I've seen some Euro games. I saw... Switzerland versus Italy at in Rome, actually, at the Roma Stadium. I am. Uh, yeah. That was a good game. Uh, I'm trying to think what else I've seen. I've seen the Chicago Flyers. I know they're pretty different between yeah. and team. How do these differences compare? Yeah. The first time I saw Manchester City play, that was like, it was awesome because it was a 10-week vacation to London and Manchester and Southampton. And I went there and, you know, I got to see London. So it was, there was like a, a novelty experience mm-hmm. of it. I'm like, man, I've never seen this before. Then you see like Kevin De Bruyne, Sterling, like mm-hmm. Jesus, Foden, all these people that you're been idolizing and you're watching on the television, Pep's bald ass head. It's just <laughs> beautiful, you know? <laughs> and you're just, it was amazing. It was awesome. The Roma game um, was awesome. Too. Um, 
at the Roma Stadium. That was a good game, and the atmosphere was good. The stadium was like half because it was still the COVID. COVID rubbish was going on at that time. So it was like half packed, but it was so exciting. And Italy won and I was in Italy. That was a good time. Everyone was having a great time. Um, Inter game was so boring because it was like Inter were playing 5-5 and Bayern were just coming down and just like every single attack was down Bayern. And the whole stadium was so mad because it was at the San Siro as well. And oh my goodness, that was so bad. Uh, the one in Milwaukee was very fun because, you know, Erlen Holland, we just signed Erlen Holland. I'm, I'm excited. And, you know, and then he goes on to have a Ballon d'Or winning season that he didn't get the Ballon d'Or, but whatever. Um, I think he should have gotten the Ballon d'Or. Like, I love Messi. Messi's my girl, but come on, bro. You have that kind of season that Holland has and you don't get the Ballon d'Or. That's, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, my favorite was definitely my first Man City game. Just a lot of bias there. Oh, I've also seen, I've also seen the last El Clasico with fans. That was March twenty twenty. Vinny scored, and someone else scored. I think it was like Mariano Diaz. Mar- Mariano Diaz scored. Yeah, I saw that. That was electric. That might have been my favorite game I've ever seen because that was crazy. That that's my second favorite game I've ever seen. That was that right was crazy. COVID. Yeah, that was right as COVID started. But I was in Spain. I was in Madrid for ten days, and I landed in Madrid. There was like three COVID cases, <laughs> and I was like, "I'm going to this game because I don't know what COVID is. I don't know when I'm going to yeah. be back." Sorry. And I bought the ticket the night before, and it was incredible. And then I have one of the goals on on film, on camera, and then, yeah. And then I left Madrid, and COVID was like, everybody shut down, everything was shut down. So that was a great decision on my part. And then that summer, we had won Euro tickets to go to France versus Portugal, Cro- Cro- Croatia versus England, and then Netherlands versus somebody. So it was supposed to be like this summer of road tripping and seeing all those games, and that was all canceled, and we got the refund. But that was that was a good game too. That was a good game. So one is my first ever Man City game. Two is that El Clasico. Three is the Italy game. That's fair. And you mentioned you had a few on your wish list going into like the summer and going forward. Yeah, summer uh, wish list is if once we make it out in February, we would like to see Inter versus Juve. You know, just because that's the game around there. I want to see like a Champions League game. I want to see. Man City, preferably, but I'll take any Champions League game. Um, and then a couple in the Club World Cup next year, if I can get to that. And then the World Cup as well. I want to see the World Cup as well. And the Olympic soccer games as well. I've always wanted to see an Olympic soccer game. Like My dad talks about 96 um, when Nigeria won the gold against Argentina. In, uh, we'll talk about that. Yeah, and then Atlanta, I believe. Okay. Uh, he'll talk about that and be like, oh, it's the greatest game I've ever watched, you know, whatnot. So Cool. That's the first time, I'd like, like imagine, with all the folks and whatever. Never thought of, like, Olympic soccer being yeah. big. Maybe in the Brazil one, I know it was a big deal because they won it, and it was their first mm-hmm. time. But, yeah, I never it was thought of it that way. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to check these things off the list, you know, and be like, oh, I've gotten to it. 
I guess nowadays the big players don't play in the Olympics anymore, do That's they? True. It's more, but it's more so at that point. It's really about the country, really about the event, and it's true. a bit on a more humble level. Football, just like other sports, like other teams, yeah. and it's about the Olympics. It's about. I think, I think they do now, but I'm trying to recall. When we surprised in the Olympics, they don't even have their jersey, their name on their jersey. They just have the number oh. and their country, whatever. Uh, uh-huh. Because it's really not about them. It's about like their their team, the country. country. I see. So that makes sense. But yeah, that's quite a few. You're getting to know Europe pretty well by now. I mean, I know if you want to even dive into that, that you have more of a connection to Europe. I don't know if it's uh, through fashion, through culture. You seem to be more open to that. Has it always been the case or uh, has it developed into that? Yeah, I, I like traveling in general. And Europe has, between soccer, I also like fashion and the people that I know, like you are in Italy. So like I have a connection to a lot of these countries from friends and, you know, I have some family in parts of Europe as well. So um, I would like to visit like all countries in the world by the time I die. So Europe is just the phase I'm in right now and checking it off. And I don't think I'll ever not go to Europe because there's football matches, there's friends and family to that. Um, and I'm also not, I'm not. I wasn't born in America, so I'm, I don't have the American mindset of like everywhere is dangerous as long as it's like a square mile from where I live. You know that stupid mindset that a lot of people here seem to carry with them. Um, I want to see everything. I want to experience different cultures. I want to meet new people. I want to try foods that you know aren't here and just see things that are meant to be seen. You know. I see what you mean. Top of your bucket yeah. list, what you have? Because I know Europe, obviously, you've seen quite a bit. Is there yeah. thinking of the whole rest of the world as well? Yeah. In terms of Europe, I have Turkey on there. Turkey and Greece are big on there. France, I'm going to do this summer. My, my sister and I are doing Belgium and Oktoberfest in October. Nice. Uh, so those are checking. And then um, my friend is going to have a wedding in Peru oh. next year. 2025, yeah. So I want to go, I want to start South America, like Peru, uh, Chile. There's this Airbnb on the ocean in Chile that is my dream Airbnb. It's like it overlooks the ocean and it's just beautiful. Um, there's parts of, oh, Japan is very high up there as well. I want to yeah. go to Japan, um, parts of Asia. Uh, I have some friends in Australia that I want to visit, but that's such a long flight and expensive, so... It's up there. Um, parts of Africa that I want to go go to visit family back home, um, like Zimbabwe, Victoria Falls in Zimbabwe. I want to see Morocco. So many places, so many places. South Africa. I feel, man. There's just so way more to see out there that we can't even imagine. And you're right on the culture. It's really about the mindset, and I think it helps with. You know, with your history of your mindset, where you come from, of why you're more open than the average American. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sweet, man. Well, I need to get Evo on to even it out. Otherwise, you're going to hold it that I have a whole episode with you and <laughs> with him. But we'll look we'll into it at some point. Unless you have a- but I'm the favorite. I'm the favorite, so it's okay. I mean, this is pretty clear proof, if you ask me. But then we'll see what he says. <laughs> 
I don't know if you have any other closing notes or any other topics that you had in mind. Otherwise, we'll get to planning because we have a few spots to hit in this first part of the year going forward. Indeed, yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to everything and looking forward to, uh, you know, just hanging out and seeing games together. And anywhere I can help with the way days, let me know, man. Of course, man. This this is really massive, man. I mean, it's all about really sharing experiences. We're building it. I mean, it's about creating a community. It starts through this, through stories, through sharing. Everybody likes to travel, but it's through these personal experiences that you really get to see it more and more, such as yours. Awesome, man. Thank you so much, Ibuka, and talk soon, yeah? Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, talk soon. Sounds good.